The moment was too big for the Denver Broncos as they lose at home 15-10 to to the Cincinnati Bengals. We take a look back at some of the things that haunt the Denver Broncos based on their offensive play. The defense did their job for the most part outside of a couple of plays, but what's next for this football team with just three games remaining in the season? Sarah Benger, myself, we break it down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. This is your post-game report to Broncos. They dropped to 7-7 after a 15-10 loss at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. The moment seemingly too big for the team when they needed it most. We're going to recap that here today from the South Stands to the Ends. And I'm your host, as always, Cody Work. Joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bender. Both of us, we cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. And real quick, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos it was your first listen of the day every single day. And you can follow and subscribe to this podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe here on YouTube. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, so you never miss out on all the action. But Sarah, my friend, look, just a, an, another gloomy Sunday in Broncos country, and rightfully so. The fan base very upset. And, man, just too many missed opportunities for this Broncos football team here once again, a team that has so much talent and essentially a playoff game that the team had. They mu- it was a must-win coming into it. We, we deemed that up all week long. And they just, it seemed too big for them. It did. It did, Cody. It's, uh, man, these post-game loss uh, podcasts don't get any easier, do they? I I don't, and you've been doing this for years now. So (laughs) hats off to you, Cody, for doing this. Man, I am bummed out. Like, that is, that is tough to watch. And it just felt like, you know, the stars were kind of aligning there. Like, Drew Locke comes in throws the touchdown pass to Tim Patrick, and then all of a sudden the momentum is on the Broncos' side. They get the ball back. They're moving the ball once again on offense. Uh, I mean, it's just such a disappointing – like it feels like – it feels so deflating that it's like how do you come back from that? But we'll see what happens. You know, like you said, like you tweeted out, like there's still a chance. And and that's not what Broncos fans want to talk about right now, though. Nobody's, Nobody's like in that mode of like, don't tell me there's a chance. Tell me why it sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know it sucks. So just, I don't know. I don't know, Cody, what to even think right now. It's like, we need to, we need to kind of like parcel this out as we go about this episode here. We need to talk about one thing after another. What led to this loss? What were the big moments? What was the, what were the turning points of this game? I feel like there's a couple that really, really stand out. One might say death by inches is the cause. And look, Broncos country, please don't get pissed at Sarah and I. Look, I tweeted out, I said, hey, look, the Broncos, even though that this loss didn't officially eliminate them from the playoffs, they would ideally have to win out. And Broncos are like, we don't want to hear that. I'm like, I'm just pointing out something factual. Don't get pissed at me. I'm just doing my job, folks. I feel you. I'm frustrated. Sarah's frustrated. It, it It is very frustrating covering a losing football team that has a really bad offense. So, Sarah, let's talk about the offense here. Just lackluster. And, and once again, the moment too big for the Broncos offense in this game. And look, We'd be remiss not to say we'll focus on the defense a little bit later, but the defense came out fired up for the most part in this game. The Broncos defense did their job. We'll get to some of the areas where obviously they they had a couple of mishaps there, but man, the defense, they had, I I believe it was four consecutive drives, five consecutive drives in a row where they had to stop, but the Broncos offense couldn't do anything back on the field, literally putting the defense on the field less than a minute after they punt the football away. But the Broncos had a very difficult time in this game, running the ball against Cincinnati. And look, we knew that coming in, we talked about it running against the Cincinnati Bengals 
front seven is going to be tough because they're the fourth-ranked rushing defense in the NFL. You could see why. They have gap pluggers almost at every level. Trey Hendrickson, I think, has been a real difference maker for them on the outside. And then you have DJ Reader, who we talked about on the inside. Those guys made their mark on this game from a standpoint of the Broncos trying to get things going. They just couldn't run the ball very well. I would say here, you, you mentioned we got to go back and parcel it piece by piece as to what went wrong. I want to talk about coaching, the timidness, the lack of urgency, specifically the end of the first half here. 35 seconds were remaining in the first half before the Broncos called one of their three remaining timeouts, and they had the ball. They were driving downfield. Just a lack of timidness there. Just a lack of urgency is so frustrating. On those, you see poor game management. And look, I don't think I can defend this. I've been a, I've been a pretty big defender of the coaching staff over the course of the years in terms of decision-making and understanding it. I did not understand this one at that point. So with that, it came back to haunt the Broncos. And Brandon McManus, it's like the Broncos are playing for the field goal. McManus misses a 51-yard field goal. The Bengals get a 19-yard catch, call a timeout with four seconds left, kick a you know field goal to go up 6-3 at halftime. Disaster. That was a big turning point in this game, sir. Uh, and outside of that, like I said, the biggest moment of the season, playoff atmosphere, is just too big for the Broncos' offense. But let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Second half, I mean, the Broncos' first offensive drive, they face a third and 20. They have to punt. Then Teddy, you know, on one of the next drives, you know, does a great job stepping up, using his legs, going and diving to make a play and picks up the first down, takes a shot in midair, lands very, you know, awkwardly on his head and neck area. And he was down and it was a scary moment. And I would be remiss not to talk about this because I think it's super important, Broncos country. You know, we love the game of football. All of us do. And at the end of the day, for these players, yeah, you know what? It's their job, but it's football. Life is so much more meaningful than that. And so there were a lot of nasty people on social media cheering for what happened just so Drew Locke could get in. That's the wrong way of thinking. And if you're a fan that does that, I encourage you to rethink that. Just not right. Obviously, a player willing himself to make a play for the Broncos. You never want to see a guy leave out on a stretcher. Thankfully, Teddy's going to be okay from the reports that we've gotten from Broncos people. He's got movement in his extremities. He's going to be kept overnight as just a precaution, but more than likely will not play against the Las Vegas Raiders. I imagine it's going to be concussion protocol for the second time for him this season. But uh, outside of that, Sarah, you know, real quick here, I was the, uh, you know, the offense, we could spend a lot of time here. Um, Drew Locke got the ball moving for the Broncos. You mentioned the Tim Patrick touchdown. Uh, you mentioned a couple plays to Albert Okawebunam. And, you know, there's some energy. The Broncos offense, you know, motivated. It seemed like they were going out there trying to battle for Teddy. And then just a read option. Drew loses it. It's a fumble, and it just goes downhill from there, my friend. Outside of that, what else would you like to gripe about with this Broncos offense? Because that was just one issue, just a missed mistake in the red zone. Obviously, it could have led to points. And then there's just another player I know you're very frustrated about that needs to be featured more in this offense that simply hasn't been. Yeah, absolutely, Cody. Well, first and foremost, you nailed it on, on right on the head. The Bengals won in the trenches in this game. The Broncos offensive line, I don't know until oh, we watch the All-22 and uh, you know to say whether or not they got bullied in this game. But I will say this. The Bengals did a better job of any other team the Broncos have played this year, in my opinion, at getting the Broncos running backs down on initial contact. And, of course, there were still some, you know, we had a, a great Javante Williams play in this game. But I, I did feel like in this game they were going down on initial contact more than any other opponent the Broncos have faced. So kudos to the Bengals for figuring that out. If they're just wrapping up better or if they're just getting better leverage against the O-line, whatever the case may be, I, I, I you got to tip your hat to them. But, man, the, the most frustrating aspect of this game, and we could we could gripe about you know Teddy Bridgewater the way that he played QB. Obviously, we hope that he's we hope and yeah. pray that he gets well soon. I mean that's that's scary. Multiple concussions within a couple of months' time. I mean that if that was my brother or my son or whatever, I'd be like, dude, like I don't know, you gotta 
you might have to consider just kind of taking the rest of the season off and kind of reevaluating yeah. later. I, I hope he's okay. It looked it looks bad, uh, really bad. So hope Teddy's okay. But from the you know the standpoint of like what the Broncos did offensively in this game that I think really shot themselves in the foot. I mean, Jerry Judy, you talk about getting con- conditioning in against the New Orleans Saints last year. That game where he really, I mean, there was nothing that he could do. It was Kendall Hinton at the quarterback position, but man. In this game, they're utilizing him on pre-snap motion throughout the entire game, and and they're not involving him at all. I mean, he had four targets in this game. A couple of them were in desperation time at the end there. He had four targets, zero catches, zero yards, zero carries. They're not doing anything to get arguably the most explosive player on the field involved now we got to give a shout out for seven targets to Cortland Sutton in this game, which is nice to see, but... Jerry Judy has to get more involved. They have to figure out a way to get him the ball. It's it's unfortunate to see him just running around back and forth like he's some kind of decoy out there, which I get it. Yeah, that might open up your running game, but man, get him involved in the passing game or hand him the ball a time or two on those, you know, those plays where he's running back and forth in front and behind of the quarterback. It's so embarrassing to me the way that that Pat Shermer has utilized Judy or not utilized him in recent weeks especially. It's just frustrating all around, man. And anytime you lose, those frustrating parts of a game are so amplified. Had the Broncos gone down and you know gotten a game-winning drive there at the end, nobody would really care about Jerry yeah. Judy running in motion and all that stuff. But that's not the case. You lost the game large in part because you're not getting your best players involved, especially early on. And that early on, that's on Teddy Bridgewater. Later on, that's on Drew Locke and Pat Shermer. you got to figure out ways to get Jerry the ball. I don't know. Spot on. And I think Broncos country will agree with you. Those who are watching this podcast live as we're premiering, I think will absolutely agree 110%. And look, it's like, what, what, what are the Broncos offense? What do they have to play for the rest of the season? I mean, playoffs right now, we can't even be talking about playoffs and I get it. Broncos country. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about the pipe dream of it because it's very unlikely at this point here, but you still have to play for something, right? With three games remaining, you can't just fold in, throw it in the season. You still have to go out there and compete for something. There's something always on the line, regardless if you're in the playoffs or out of the playoffs every week, something is on the line of Broncos country. We're going to talk about the Broncos defensive performance, why they did their job for the most part. They held up their end of the bargain. We amplify some of the standouts for the Broncos defense and look, there's some interesting ones at inside linebacker. We're going to get that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Post Game Reports. So good friends over there at Boost Mobile. And you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all the knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out today. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right, sir, as we jump into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for sticking with Sarah and I throughout the season, through the wins, the losses. We always are glad to be able to sit here and do a podcast to talk about the game, to talk about how we feel, to talk about how fans feel, and to get fans involved here in the show. So thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Continue to interact here in the comment section on YouTube, on Twitter. We're going to send our mailbag out prompt this week for you all. But, you know, we appreciate your support through the good, the bad, and the indifferent here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But Sarah, my friend, look, Look, you know, as disappointing as the loss was for the Broncos, the offensive performance, 
I, I tell you what, going back and watching this game, the defense for the most part, I mean, they did everything that you could have asked for against one of the NFL's most explosive offenses. I, I believe the seventh-ranked scoring offense in the NFL, and the Broncos' defense held them to 15 points. And realistically, you factor in taking away a couple of those turnovers the Broncos had. I mean, it, it's lesser points here. And, and really, in that first half, holding the Bengals to six points, one of seven on third down, and only 91 total yards in that first half against Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, C.J. Uzama, Joe Mixon. Sarah, that's impressive. The Broncos defense came to play in this game. And just we'll talk about the the leakage, pun intended here. But I came away very impressed by this Broncos defense that was without Kenny Young, that was without Draymond Jones in this matchup. Some other guys stepped up to the table. They did. They did, Cody. And hats off to the Broncos defense for just being so ready and prepared for this game at all three levels. We saw the secondary basically erase Jamar Chase from this game, which I love seeing that kind of stuff. Can't wait again to dive into the All-22 to kind of see how that matchup between he and Pat Sertan went down in this game. We really didn't see the ball go that way other than on that one play that was called back for holding on a kind of an escape play by Joe Burrow. So, it was a really, really good game from the defense as a whole. Pass rush wasn't necessarily getting getting home, as people are, are saying on Twitter, like the pass rush needs to really get home. You When you get home against Joe Burrow, a lot of times, as we've seen since he was at LSU, I mean, he is the, I mean, I would say the king of escaping the pocket. Wouldn't you, Cody? I mean, he He's is like one of the best. He's like old school Ben Roethlisberger, honestly. The way yes. that he was out there reminded me of like his escapability. It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. It is. It is frustrating. I mean, it, it'll drive you absolutely nuts. He extended a couple of key drives. Of course, the offensive production for the Bengals wasn't quite there, but he did extend some drives with his ability to escape pressure in the pocket. And the play that was called back from holding, man, it, he he still, I mean, he was still getting dragged down by two Broncos and he found a way out to make that crazy throw to Jamar Chase that was called back. But I think obviously in this game, Cody, the big question coming in was how is how are the Broncos inside linebackers going to respond after kind of a tough outing last week, right? Jonas Griffith came in the second half of last week's game. The Detroit Lions were still running the ball well, and he came in and he played pretty well. I would say in this start against the Cincinnati Bengals, this has been kind of a one of the best, I would say, performances all around by the Broncos inside linebackers. Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning, to me, Cody, they played all three downs exceptionally well. Saw Jonas Griffith go out there and get a couple of QB hits in this game. Saw him playing really well against the run, just firing through his gaps. And then you saw Baron Browning early on really, really setting the tone, I would say, for that Broncos defense early in the first half. The big play where he played in pursuit on the screen pass and, and caught the wide receiver uh, a tremendous, tremendous play by Baron Browning. Both guys did well in coverage. Both guys did well against the run. It was fun to watch. And those two young guys, we got Jonas Griffith coming, probably coming back next year. He's an exclusive rights free agent, Cody, after the season. So those are those guys are typically easy to bring back contract wise. And then obviously Browning is still going to be back on his rookie deal. So yeah, I don't know. Those two guys in your back pocket going forward to 2022. That's that's a positive takeaway from this game for me. No, spot on it is. And and I will highlight this. This was Bryce Callahan's first game back from injury. He had a couple of good plays, but I would say that for him, you could definitely tell that there was some rust. He had a couple of missed tackles. Not really sure really at this point too, right? Let's talk about the defining defensive play that you know went wrong for the Broncos here. And it was a play-action leak play, well-designed by the Cincinnati Bengals offense, just 
That's the type of creativity I wish the Broncos offense had at times, being able to leak a guy out. And so what happens is on the left side, the X receiver literally just crossed, just crossed over, and then the Z almost kind of lined up Boyd on the other side, on the right-hand side of the Bengals offense, the defensive left, drags all the way across underneath. On that play, it depends on if the Broncos are in man or zone. I we'll have to go back on the all-22, but – it looked like the Broncos were a man in that situation. So Boyd goes across field. Either there was a miscommunication where Callahan didn't pass it off to Darby as that guy was as Boyd was going across to Darby side. Darby went in with his guy all the way across. It was Jamar Chase. It's just really hard on that one. And obviously just a lot. It's a lot to ask of Justin Simmons. He probably could have taken a better angle on it. Could have broke down a little easier. It's easier said than done looking back on it. So the Broncos, a blown play there leads to a touchdown. After the Broncos get the lead back, after Drew Locke threw it to Tim Patrick and I just, you know, those things too, we can nitpick on everything. I I think that for the defense, they played well for the most part. Obviously, you want to get a couple more stops here and there, but the the defense isn't the reason the Broncos lost this game. It really is the offense, and that just continues to be the theme for this football team here. So, Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I are going to dive into a little bit of a deeper conversation about the Broncos season. What's left here in the three games? What do they have to play for? Plus, we debut a new segment called the Two Minute Warning. I can't wait to get that coming up here in just a moment. But, ladies and gentlemen, before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor today's episode Lockdown Broncos Post Game Reports of Good Friends over there at Built Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, you know it as the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. Built literally it contains 100% milk chocolate. When you take a bite into it, it's soft, it's easy to chew, and it's also the healthiest protein bar that's out there on the market, not to mention it's delicious, ladies and gentlemen. Outside of all the protein bars that are out there that claim that they're delicious, Built Bar is actually delicious. And like I mentioned before, 100% milk chocolate. The bars give you a lot of extra fuel that you need, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and they have a wide variety of flavors, over 9 amazing flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor and the marshmallow puffs. They have that at Built.com. And I want you and your family this holiday season to Get your hands on a box of Built Bar in your stocking today. If you're friends with Santa Claus, ask him for a box of Built Bar by going to Built.com. Go Once you go and you find out what flavor that you like, what flavor your family likes, make sure that you choose on that box. Go to checkout and then enter promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. And our good friends over there at BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues. It's March towards the playoffs and BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season so head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code LOCKDOWN to receive that bonus today from basketball, football, NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we get into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, a disappointing loss at home by the Broncos, 15-10 to 10, to the Cincinnati Bengals. And with that, the playoff hopes for this Broncos football team, they drop significantly. Now, Sarah, coming into this game, we had talked about it. This is essentially a must win. This is a playoff game for this Broncos team. And a win, it amplifies everything. A loss, while it doesn't officially eliminate them, it pretty much feels like the season is done. Pretty much this loss was like, all right, hey, it, it's done. So I, I want to ask the question, Sarah, what do this Broncos team, what's remaining for them to play for, right? For me, I'm going to answer really simple. I think you play for pride. I think you play to kind of make a statement like, hey, even though that things did not go our way this season, we're going to keep fighting. And, and look, there's a lot of players under contract that you know want to still be back. They still want to compete. And while there is still a chance at the playoffs, we're not going to focus on that. They want to keep fighting. They want to have a chance. And these players, rightfully so, they're in that right to be able to do that because at the end of the day, it's all about winning, and they want to win. I think we want them to win. I mean, absolutely we want them to win. Broncos can't. Country wants them to win. But the frustrating thing is that just this team continues to get bit 
by death by inches. And look, something's got to change on the field in terms of some play calling, whatever you see, execution, obviously there, but not to mention that just coaching. And look, I, like I said, I've been a big supporter of coaching over the years because I know what the coaches go through on a day to day. I've been in that position. I've been in a position where people wanted me fired. I understand that. All you can do is go coach. But, man, I, I tell you what, the Broncos coach staff, they're running out of excuses, just a lot of ineptitude in, in the biggest game of the year, and they couldn't show up for it. Yeah, spot on. Spot on with that, Cody. I mean, you're exactly right. The Broncos right now, I mean, obviously the playoffs will be the focus for the team internally, right? They're gonna, yeah. That's what they're going to be talking about. To me, if we're just talking about, okay, I mean, right now the playoffs are kind of out, they're, they're out of the frame. They could still yeah. come back into the frame, but right now they're out of the frame. So what is it that the Broncos are playing for right now? This is a very unique end to the season where you've got three straight games against your divisional opponents to close out the year, starting with the, the Raiders this week, right? The Raiders and then the Chargers and then the Chiefs. And like you mentioned this past week in our podcast, like the Chiefs, they, they'll likely be resting starters for that game unless they have a shot at the number one seed or something like that, which, I mean, it looks like right now they're they're right up there. So they might, you know, they might be in that position to do that. I feel like if, if the Chiefs don't have anything to play for, or even if they do, you have a couple of things that you're playing for this season if you're the Broncos. Number one, you got to freaking beat the Chiefs. I don't care if it's their backups playing. I'm sick of losing to the Chiefs. Yeah. Beat the Chiefs. Uh, for us, for another thing, you know, you could look at these three division games as a way to say, like, for the future, hey, we are we're here to stay. I, we may not even have a quarterback right now, but we're still going to be able to beat you even without a quarterback. So just imagine what we will do with a quarterback. That's what I think you're playing for right now. The goal has to be ten and seven. Until you until you're not ten and seven, you got to be playing like we're going to be ten and seven to finish out this season. And and of course Broncos country right now, that's not on the, that's out of the frame, just like the playoffs right now, but you've got to bring 10 and seven back into the frame and say, we start with eight and seven. And it starts with beating the Raiders. Like nobody wants to lose to the division opponents. Nobody wants to lose to the Raiders, Chargers and Chiefs at all, much less consecutively to close out a season. We don't want that bad taste in our mouths. We don't want to be fourth place in the AFC West again. We don't even want to be third place in the AFC West again. I want to be second place in the AFC West because you're not catching the Chiefs. They're not gonna. They're not gonna lose three more games out of four. That's not gonna happen. But you might be able to get a win against the Chiefs. You might be able to beat your other divisional opponents. Do well against Justin Herbert again. Find a way to beat Derek Carr, which he seems to be the kryptonite of Vic Fangio these days. So that's what I'm playing for. If I'm the Denver Broncos right now, I want to go beat the heck out of my divisional opponents, and I want to let them know. 2022 and beyond you better be ready because we're going to go out and we're going to get a quarterback and then all of a sudden all the talent that's on this roster then people are going to start to recognize people are going to start to understand the playoffs will not only be in frame but it's going to be a question of whether or not the broncos are are super bowl contenders week to week you know and i feel like that's that's a very close reality cody i it's just the quarterback thing is so simple yet it's so difficult and borderline (laughs) impossible so you got to beat your divisional opponents. You got to get a win against the Chiefs, and you got to play for, like you said, pride. Yeah. Well, and you're spot on there, too. I think what's the most frustrating thing for Broncos country 
sitting here and, and seeing this roster that has all this talent, right? And seeing the fact that they've had so many opportunities, it just goes back to the Browns game. It goes back to the Steelers game, just missed opportunities. And once again, missed opportunities against the Bengals. There are three potential wins that you left out there that you could, you should have taken advantage of. And Denver would be in a, an entirely different position right now. They'd be at 10 wins if that were the case. But unfortunately, the reality is they're simply not. And quarterback, the position, play caller, the, the position for the Broncos organization right now is the biggest eyesore and just coaching mistakes, as we mentioned. So, I mean, I think that's where the frustrating thing comes in for Broncos country, rightfully so. Broncos country, I get it. I feel you. You have every right to feel the way that you feel. It is frustrating. And the losing just continues to happen when the team is so ready. I mean, they have the talent to win football games. So let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below here, Broncos country. Coming up here in just a second, we're going to debut a brand new segment called the two-minute warning. Sarah and I, we each get 60 seconds to share our final thoughts before we head into tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos. So with that said, right now begins the two-minute warning. Closing things out in the final 60 seconds for me, and then Sarah's going to go. Really, Sarah, I think for me, the frustrating thing is obviously looking back at the woulda, coulda, shoulda of this game, of every game. And the biggest question remains, right? Look, I don't think that Broncos fans can expect Teddy Bridgewater to come back this week. I think that he's going to be in protocol for this week. But what we saw from the Broncos offense, an angle that they did have in this game against the Detroit, and <clears throat> an angle that they did have against the Cincinnati Bengals in this game, Sarah, the ability to test downfield. Now, were Drew Locke's passes always accurate? No, but he had a couple of good passes to Albert Okwebunam, the one to Tim Patrick, he's giving his guy a chance, right? Which is something we did not see consistently enough from Teddy Bridgewater. You're going to have to deal with the highs and lows of Drew Locke. So Broncos country, I'm going to present the question to you right here, right now. For the rest of the season, do you want to see the potential risk factor of Drew Locke, the ability to maybe test the ball downfield? Or do you want to see the Broncos offense continue to play the way that they have been? If Teddy Bridgewater returns, can they get the run game going back again in these final three games? It's up to you. I'm going to let you decide in the comment section down below. Sarah, you're up here. Cody, for me in this two-minute warning, just 60 seconds, I mean, this feels like a season-killing loss. And there's no way to sugarcoat that. I think Broncos fans may appreciate just the bitter taste of that pill right now. It, it, you just got to swallow it. You got to understand, this, is, this feels like a season-killer. How many points did the Broncos lose by in this game? Six points. How many points did they swing at right before the half with the missed field goal to Brandon McManus and then obviously the field goal for Evan McPherson and the Cincinnati Bengals? That six-point swing ultimately was the turning point in this game, coupled with Drew Locke's turnover. It feels like a season-killing loss. You can't overstate it. You can't talk about the coaching enough. When you coach you know, not to lose, unfortunately, a lot of times you don't end up winning the game. It's like playing prevent defense. What are you preventing? You're trying to prevent the big play, but you always give up a touchdown. I mean, that's the that's the motto of prevent in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, very frustrating. Broncos country, we appreciate you. Take your time out of your day, your evening, to sulk with us here after a Broncos loss. It's frustrating, but I guarantee you, the Broncos are close, ladies and gentlemen. They are close. I feel it from a coaching standpoint, looking at this roster. Sarah is very, very good at projecting with roster building, and both of us feel very confident about the future of this organization. It's going to take time. It's going to take a new play call it's going to take a new quarterback but it's coming broncos country we just have to deal with the last three weeks of the season hopefully the broncos keep fighting they go out there they play with pride it's all you can play for at this point broncos country so thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode lockdown broncos sarah and i are gonna be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show a mailbag edition so go ahead and send your questions in on twitter at career working at sarah benger at lockdown broncos we'll post the tweet out make sure you reply and we'll feature yours here on air broncos country thank you so much mile high salute we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode Locked on Broncos.